Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Good morning, everybody. Well, Happy New Year to those of you who weren't here last week and... Uh, 2023, pretty exciting. Well, we hope it's going to be exciting, don't we? Better than the last few years anyway, that's for sure. And uh, I think that there are obviously challenges ahead and hopefully big challenges behind. And uh, there is yet still an opportunity, though, eh, to praise God, to worship Him. There's an opportunity and everything that we face and everything that we do and everything that happens in our life. Uh, this week's been a bit traumatic, to be honest. My daughter did have a baby, Zara, which is uh, her first baby, which uh, really exciting, but was a very traumatic birth. And, uh, and so um, Zara was uh, a forceps baby, which, you know, is pretty common anyway, isn't it, I guess, but uh, definitely a lot of um, a trauma that went with that and uh, a little bit of difficulty. And so Crystal and the, ba- the baby's been in the special care unit for the last four days. Uh, she comes out today. Hopefully she comes home today. And uh, and Crystal, of course, has been in there as well. And yeah, it hasn't been an easy road. And then, of course, at the same time, Alicia's in hospital, our daughter-in-law, Jared's wife, and still in hospital with... Um, uh, gallbladder issues and so tomorrow is her surgery they're taking their gallbladder out tomorrow so uh, for those of you who have had gallbladder issues um, uh, you'll probably uh, be sympathizing uh, with Alicia at the moment she's not very well at all and has been in hospital since I think what Wednesday was it Thursday Thursday so yeah uh, you know if it doesn't rain it pours at times anyone anyone ever experienced that it's, uh, so it's, it is amazing, isn't it, how sometimes you just get feel like you're getting attacked from every side. You know, we, we our, uh, just, you know, our house and where we uh, did live is uh, not livable at the moment. You'll see some cars out the front every now and then in the last few days, uh, as a lot of people have told us. There's a couple of blue cars out the front and, you know, what are you guys doing? And because uh, we're yellow stickered, we're not allowed to be there, but we can be there during the day. So that makes it okay. There's no power, no water or anything like that there. So uh, we, we are just cleaning up the place because what's happening next week is our, the insurance company is, there's three people coming from insurance company. So I don't know why they need three people uh, to uh, see us on Friday this coming week to uh, tell us what they're going to do or how they're going to do what they're going to do or what they're not going to do. So it's a little bit of like <clears throat> we're on tender hooks at the moment trying to work out Ooh, How's this going to work? So appreciate we appreciate your prayers in every aspect, and I can understand. You know, I, I sympathise with mums who don't have family around them when they're actually in their own, you know, in a city or in a town where they don't actually have family members, particularly parents, grandparents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I do feel for you. I I incredibly sympathetic to uh, to that dynamic. Absolutely. Uh, you know, even from my perspective as a granddad or as a father, uh, there are just some things a dad can do that helps a daughter 
kind of get a little bit of sanity in the process of everything. Actually, Tim Williams was telling me this morning, Tim, I'm going to tell the story because, because, uh, because, you know, we always think our story is the worst story, right? Uh, but Tim was telling me, Tim was telling me that he was a forceps baby, but the doctor dropped him. He was literally, you know how that we used to have that saying, you dropped as a baby, you know, yeah, you blame everything on being dropped as a baby. Well, Tim can actually attest to that. So any problem that you have with Tim, he has every reason for every problem. Um, they broke his shoulder. He had two big, massive black eyes. It's like absolutely out there. So that's that's a great. And if you have a worse story, why don't you just kind of message Jared this week and message Crystal this week and just encourage them. And but uh, I'm sure everybody has their stories, eh? So God bless the nurses, God bless the doctors, the obstetricians, God bless every every person that's involved in, um, in helping people, absolutely uh, very important indeed. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, you all know it probably, most of you will, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now last week I spoke on love the Lord with all your heart. Uh, this week I want to talk about trust because I think loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength has got to come down to a perspective of, okay, practically how does that work? And it's got to be Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own what? Understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. How do I love God? Trust him. How do I love God when I don't have the kind of cruisy, goosebumpy feelings? It's nice in an environment like this. Not so nice when you're in other environments that are so godless, other environments where you wonder where God is and where God is at. How do, how do I love God? And I honestly believe it's a, the aspect or the dynamic is actually learning to trust him. Trust God. Trust God. And I think, I was talking to someone yesterday, I said, he, he says, oh, look, you know, I'm kind of not calling myself Christian anymore. I don't really want to do the Christian thing anymore. I'm kind of done with all of that. It didn't work for me. And I didn't explore the conversation too much because uh, it was a bit of a sensitive kind of dynamic. Um, but my question would be, well, what didn't work? What doesn't work? And, I, you know, even my daughter Crystal was saying, well, Dad, you know, I prayed prayed for everything to go smoothly and none of that happened so how does it work and what does it mean and uh and i mean there are answers to that by the way and i'm sure you would have your own answers to it but there is an element of trust knowing that even though you may not see things as always the best outcome you've got to believe it's the best outcome so even for Zara, our little granddaughter, she's she's alive, she's well. Yep, she's been in special care for a few days, but she's perfect in every way. She's got two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, two ears. You know, you know what I mean. Like you know, um, she's the cutest little thing, and and so, not always the best outcome takes place the way that you think should be the best outcome, but the best outcome happens anyway. Now, I think about our house and I think about some of the other things that we're praying through at the moment and in our own personal lives. I'm talking personally. Uh, didn't, 
we're believing for the best outcome, not necessarily for the way we want it, but still for the best outcome. And I totally think that's the way that trusting God is, that's the way it's got to be. You know, so you think about your situation, you think about your circumstances, you go, well, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, could you believe for the best outcome? Could you believe for that? Because I think there is a faith element that we've got to lean into. All right. It's faith that pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you've got to have this faith, this dynamic about your life that says, hey, it's going to be the best outcome. Might not be the way I thought it was going to work out, but it's going to be the best outcome. How many of you could believe for that? This year, 2023, best outcomes. Remember, your ways are not his ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. Right? That's the way God sees things. That's the way we see things at an earthly level. He's got the bigger picture. And we're encouraged. And sometimes things just don't work out. And we've got to believe that, hey, even in amongst all of that, I'm going to trust God anyway. Some of you have experienced sorrow and sadness, mourning and grief. And yet scripture says we can dance in our sorrow. We can sing in our mourning. We can, you know, there, there's, a, there's a joy that comes even in that and, and amongst all of that. Why? Because God is God. He's got the bigger picture. He understands better than me. And we have an opportunity to actually not give up but to keep going. 2023, don't give up. Keep going. So uh, the Lord says, <laughs> wait on the Lord and he will what? Renew your strength. So I think, man, God, the chips are you know, down, whatever that means. I don't, what does that mean? Something about gambling, I think. So it's probably not the best kind of illustration, right? When the chips are down. Uh, so uh, when things are against you, when things are coming head on at you, then we have this understanding that your strength does not have to waver. You do not become a weak person. You actually become a stronger person because now you are renewed. God renews your strength. He renews your strength. Can you imagine that? No, you're not going to burn out. You're not going to blow up. You're not going to blow out. Now, some people do. But I don't necessarily know if that's what's for me. <laughs> There's no sense of um, trying to work through or trying to work out Often the whys, because we never, ever sometimes get the answers to the whys and the wherefores. It is just simply trusting God. And trusting God will keep you sane. And trusting God will keep your strength renewed. So even in your, Paul said, you know, even in my weakness, he is my strength. And so there are times of weakness. Let's admit that. There are times when you kind of like feel like, God, where are, where are you at? What are you doing? Uh, and and it's, a, it's okay to admit that. But to understand too that when we wait on him, by the way, waiting is not kind of just waiting for God to do something. Waiting on him is intertwining our life. The word wait 
actually means to intertwine your life with God. So I'm intertwining my life with God. I'm connecting with Him. I'm staying connected. I'm staying, uh, I've got a strength, an ability within me to stay connected to Him to such a point where He is continuing to renew my strength. Pretty powerful when you think about that. So it's a trusting God. Trusting God. Um, even in even times when you do feel uh, burnt out, blown up, all of that is still an ability within you, I believe, to trust God and to allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. On February the 2nd, 2010, an aviation safety board met to discuss the findings of a report on a crash of an airplane which killed 49 people on board and one person on the ground. After having left the airport in Newark, Newark uh, and as it was approaching, how do you say that, uh, Nick? Newark. What? Seriously? Okay. There we go. Anyway, from there, it kind of left there. And, uh, and it was, <laughs> thanks, man. And as it was approaching the runway near Buffalo, New York, plane lost speed due to ice on the wings. So how an airplane flies, according to airplane specialists, not me, but, uh, you know, you can read anything up. Um, uh, uh, you think that the wind underneath the wings actually lifts the plane, but it's not. It's actually the wind that goes over the top of the, of the, top of the wing. Did you know that? It's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's the motion of air flowing over the top on the surface of the wing that actually lifts the wings. It is lifted from the top up. But when ice gets on the wings, it not only makes it heavy, but it interrupts the flow of air over the top of the wing and it loses what we call lift. A plane can literally plunge straight down out of the sky because of it. It will not glide home to safety. It literally stops flying and falls like a big hunk of metal to the earth. And the report continues, uh, the, the, this report that was done, they, they said that when the warnings in the cockpit indicated that the plane was about to stall, now stalling of course is literally stopping in the air, Pilots are actually trained to deal to this uh, scenario. If a plane is about to stall, you push the stick forward and the nose of the plane drops and the plane then increases in speed, which brings it back to a position of lift. Then the pilot can pull the stick back to normal and the plane literally takes off again. But instead, in this situation, instead of shifting the stick forward, the captain pulled it backwards not just once, but several times. The airline issued this statement. By all accounts, the captain and first officer were fine people and they had repeatedly demonstrated that they knew what to do in these situations and yet they did not do it. We cannot speculate on why they did not use their training with the situation that they faced. In other words, the pilot and the co-pilot had been in training, they'd been in classrooms and been in simulators and at times being, uh, being tested with the similar situation that they were to face in reality. They had been trained and taught how to react to that situation so that they could keep the aircraft airborne. Yet when they did get into a real situation, instead of trusting the training that they had received, the captain leaned on his own instincts. How much different do you think we may be? We are in a simulator this morning. We are in a training class this morning, so to speak, right? We're looking into scripture. We're uh, hearing stories of others and how they've reached positively or negatively to situations. 
and we are trained and taught the right way to speak and the right way to act so that when we get into a crisis situation, we don't have to stall and we don't have to come crashing down, not only destroying ourselves, but also prone to taking others along with us who have been trusting in our influence. It's an interesting dynamic when you, when you think of that. It's so important that this morning that the words of God is not simply just words on a page, but we have to lift them off the page and let them become part of our character so that we will instinctively respond uh, through what we've been taught and how we've been trained and learned and what we have embraced. It cannot be just knowledge. Paul describes, he says this, he says, in the last days it will simply be just an accumulation of knowledge uh, but no power, but no power. Just knowledge has no ability to carry us in these moments when we really need God to be the one who keeps us afloat. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths, youths, young people grow tired and weary and young men will stumble and fall. There is a, there is a season in everyone's life if you haven't faced it yet, you will. There is a season in your life where it feels like you just can't go on. I'm about to lose lift. I feel like I'm falling. I don't know how to get through the struggle I'm in. I don't know how to get through the storm or the trial. I used to be able to rise above it, but I find myself in a situation where I don't know how to get through it. I don't know what to do. And all of us face seasons when ice or should I say coldness threatens us and the weight of the moment causes us to fear that we are to, to fear that we are about to stall and to crash coldness can get into our heart coldness gets into the heart because of the repetition sometimes of just doing what we do the same thing every day all day that's why marriages get into trouble because there's no effort for either spouse to rekindle the flame of love that once was the bedrock of that marriage. Coldness can get into our walk with God where we just sort of used to doing things repetitively like we're just on autopilot. We're not thinking about it anymore. And then the weight of repetition, the weight of personal trial, the weight of the problems, the weight of the struggles in our own mind starts to weigh upon us and before you know it, we find we are in a stall, a spiritual stall. We feel like we are losing lift. We feel like we are about to go down and we don't know what to do. But God has told us what to do. And it's in these moments where it's imperative that we go back to our training. In these moments, it's imperative that we recognize again what God has spoken. And in spite of our own instincts to want to pull back, to pull back, we will often hear God say, push forward. Instead of pulling back, push forward. The pilot, with all his training, should have pushed forward, and yet he instead pulled back. And sometimes when we get into trouble or we get cold in our walk with God, our tendency is to pull back. We pull back from church. We pull back from our service to God. We pull back from the word of God. We pull back from the call of God on our life. And God is saying, no, this is not the time. This is not the time to pull back. This is the time to push forward. This is the time to believe. This is the time when you've got to exercise your faith. 
It's not just a chat show. It's actually a reality show. Oh, I've got to write that one down. Uh, others. All right. It's a reality. Come on, let's get real with our Christian faith. It's not all just kind of like bells and whistles. Where am I getting these little sayings from? But, you know, we've experienced this, right? Many of us have experienced difficult times. And uh, trials and difficulties come, to every, come, come into every life and come into every, every heart. Scripture gives us a great promise. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So knowing that we are supposed to be renewed in strength, the question then comes, what causes a believer in Christ to suffer a crushing defeat in their walk with God? That's a great question. And it's one that d- deserves some exploration. What causes a believer, therefore, in Christ, a believer in Christ, to suffer a crushing defeat in their walk with God? In many cases, it is because we begin to take lightly both our calling and the instructions that God has given us to perform and to carry out our calling and our purpose in life. In other words, it's so easy for us in difficult situations to lose our purpose and to lose our understanding of why we are here and what we are here for. True? What do you think? Am I right? And we begin to allow things just to become rote, just become repetitious, just the same old, same old. And we forget that there is an eternal reward. Uh, We forget that we are called by God. We forget that we are, we're not just observers. We're actually in this game, the game of life. If you're born again, the Spirit of God is in you. Therefore, you have a calling of God on your life, a calling that only you can fulfill. Nobody else can do it. You, only you can do it. It's your calling. It's what God gave you to do, and he gave you the giftings and the abilities to do it, the talents. He gave you instructions. It's all there for you. Everything is there for you to fulfill what God has placed on your life to do. But sometimes we just don't take our calling seriously. We become focused on the now. I think that's one of the biggest issues. We don't understand the purpose or the, 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 the perseverance aspect of understanding that we have an eternal reward because we want everything now. We're a now generation. We're an instant coffee. No, we're not instant coffee anymore. Hey, by the way, I started coffee this week. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I pressed into God as well. <laughs> but I had to press a bit of caffeine as well. I don't know why, but I just, I just, I, five years of no coffee and this week was, I just had to. Sorry, guys. Sometimes, yeah, we, we know there's difficulties, eh? And that often those, often we're looking for the reward now. And those of us who do look for the reward now can often be disappointed. Yes, we have moments of joy. Yes, we have moments of victory. But there are moments also of incredible hardship 
And if we don't take seriously our calling and don't take seriously our instruction from God to finish this race and to finish it well, we can end up losing lift, spiritually speaking, and not only causing harm to ourselves, but also harm to others. It's an incredible challenge. I've been a pastor here since 1994, and the longevity of it has, uh, you know, it is amazing, really. Uh, particularly with my role in seeing how other churches are led or uh, how other churches work and, and all that. Well, we really are. I am very blessed to be a part of Annisbrook Church. I really am. Uh, incredibly loving, incredibly gracious leadership uh, around my life. Uh, and I think that that has been one of the things that has kept me going. But I want to say this, that in amongst even a pastoral ministry for such a long period of time. Yes, there have been times when I have had to lean on God. <laughs> and so I have, I, I think because you have to, you learn to. And often seasons of difficulty come our way to teach us something that we would never learn from a, uh, a Sunday morning service or from a training class, although we've had training in it, right? But when it happens to us, we kind of start to question why has this happened? And uh, and we can easily, you know, and sadly find different ways of doing things that are outside of God's purpose and God's will for our life. Samson is an interesting illustration. The story of Samson, probably a very sad example, really uh, incredible strength. He was empowered by God. His strength was renewed, literally. Time and time again, um, to bring and and you know he was a deliverer for the people of Israel at that time. He was called to it. He was set apart by it. He was ordained by God, just as you and I are. Even from the moment of his birth, he was set aside as a Nazarite. There were rules around his lifestyle uh, that God gave him, uh, which were quite specific, and uh, and that gave him supernatural strength to carry out the purpose of God for his life. Same as what you have, by the way. You have specific instructions around your life that you know that you've got from God. And when you walk away from the instructions, you lose your strength. And often the reason why we lose our, we, we walk away from our instruction is because we want it all now. We want the reward now. We want it happening now. We want this now. We want that now. And we start to take our eyes off God and put our eyes on the things of this world. Samson took his eyes off, the th off, off God and uh, fell in love with a, uh, a woman, Delilah. Many of you know the story. And uh, it caused a lot of friction and a lot of issues uh, for him, uh, which basically ended his life. Now, I'm not saying falling in love, guys, falling in love with a woman is wrong. What I'm saying is, is that it wasn't right for him at that time. There was something amiss there. And, uh, and she had an agenda, by the way, and her agenda was to uh, rob his life, rob from him and to imprison him and to take him down and to take him out. And I totally believe too that often in difficulties, uh, there are things that are sent towards you to try and get you defocused, unfocused on what's really important. And uh, and that's the time when you've got to press in 
and press into press into God. Anyway, Samson's issue was uh, obviously Delilah. He had an incredible calling, but he began to live by his own reasonings, moving in his own mind and actions further away from God's intended purpose and destiny for his life. Samson, in other words, had ice falling on his wings. He didn't appreciate what he was given to do, and he wanted appreciation now. So he looked away from his purpose to look at the things around him and that which would give him pleasure now. And there were many things, but particularly one, and that was Delilah. He kept falling in love with people outside of God's plan for him. A type of those today who are seduced by the things of this world and armoured with what everyone else has and looking around and saying, well, if it makes them happy, then it should make me happy too. So he took up a relationship with Delilah, who was being used of his enemies to try and find out the source of his strength. In Judges chapter 17, verse 17, it says, So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. In other words, Samson told her, My strength comes from my calling and my election to the purpose of God for my life. Look at this. Paul says this, uh, if I can find it here. 2 Peter 1 verse 10. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. If you do these things, you'll never stumble. Great scripture. Make every effort to confirm your calling. It's like you're proving your calling. You're walking in the ways of the call of God on your life because of, of by the instruction that you've been given from God in regards to what he's called you to, and your election. Make every effort to confirm your calling and make every effort to confirm your election. You have been elected. You have been chosen by God. Be careful to, to fulfill your calling. Be careful to find it, to walk in it, to appreciate it. Be careful that you don't let it slide through your fingers. Be careful that you don't think that what God has called you to do is not significant. Confirm your calling, prove your calling, prove your choice, cho the choosing, prove your election, the fact that you have been chosen. Samson was not careful, and he began to live by his own reasonings. It says here that one of the instructions that he was given as right from birth was to never cut his hair, but in the compromise he gave way gave away the secret of his strength to his enemies. Verse 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she went, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more, he has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him and his strength left him. He fell asleep in the lap of his own desire. When you don't understand, when it looks like the worst course of action, when it doesn't make sense to your natural mind, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. In other words, push forward, don't pull back. And when, that, when you do that, he will direct your path. That's the word of God. That's what the word of God says. He will direct your path. He's directing my path right now. He's directing your path right now. How do you know? Well, because I'm confirming my calling and I'm confirming the fact that I've been chosen by God. Well, how are you doing that, Rick? Well, because I'm pressing into him, not walking away from him. Why would I want to do that? 
What a waste. I gave my life to Jesus when I was four years old. I mean, you know, you walk away from that. One of my biggest unbearable feelings is futility. And that's exactly what that would be. Futility, doing that. How crazy. Are you with me on that? Anyone else got futility as an unbearable feeling? God is good and wants to do good things in your life. And he wants to direct your path if you let him. How do I do that? Trust him. How do I do it? Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He'll make your path straight. It's not time to push, to, to, to pull back. It's not time to pull back. It's time to push forward. If you're in trouble, it's not time. If you're feeling heavy, it's not time. If you're getting cold towards the work of God, it is not time. If you don't know how you're going to get through tomorrow, it's not time. It's not time to pull back. It's time to push it forward and to get back to your training, to get back to your instruction, to get back to the Word of God. Not looking for an alternative solution that comes from your own strength. Stop drawing back, but push forward and, the prom and, and He promises to direct your path. He says, I, I got thoughts for you. Thoughts of good, not of evil. To bring you to a desired end, to bring you to that place where you need to be. To bring you to that freedom that you long for. To bring you to that place of strength that you need. To bring you to that renewed vision your whole life is all about. To bring your marriage back to where it began and even greater than it's ever been before. That's who God is. That's what God does. That's the promise of God. That's our inheritance in Christ. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, even when it doesn't make sense. When everything within you wants to draw back, listen to God say, no, it's not the time to draw back, it's the time to push forward. Now is the time to trust your training. Now is the time to find out if you really have learned anything at all. Trust God. When there's a crisis in your life, trust God. Trust God with your finances. Trust God when you have to believe for your family and for your children and for your grandchildren. Trust God for your marriage. Trust God for your relationships. If you don't have the strength to go forward, trust God. Because God has all the strength that you need. And for some of us, maybe, you know, it's the beginning of a year. Maybe you're rethinking things and maybe this message is meant to be for you today. Not to pull back. Don't pull back. Push forward. If you feel like you've lost your passion for God, feel, feel like you've lost your passion for the Word of God, for His instruction in your life, feel like you've lost your passion for the calling of God, and the purposes of God for your life. This now is not the time to pull back. Feel like you've lost passion for the presence of God. Lost passion for the power of God flowing through your life. Everything's just become a weight. It's heavy. It's hard work. Hard going. When it looks like you feel like you're stalling in your life. God may say to you. It's okay. 
you've lost your passion. But right now, he's got passion for you. He's passionately in love with you. And he's got something to bring to you this morning. And to give to you as a gift. He says, I've got a gift for you. It's the gift of my Holy Spirit. It brings restoration. It brings an ability within you not to be just pulling back, but to actually push forward. Because you might say, well, Brent, I can't do that. I, you know, just telling me to push forward, that's just crazy. No, I'm, I'm not just telling you to do that. I'm just telling you you can do that. Well, what do you mean I can? Well, Holy Spirit can come upon your life in a fresh way and a new way and bring something of what you need, of what you need in your life. And by the way, what you need in your life right now might not be what you need, what you think you need in your life right now. So is there a willingness this morning to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you then. Are we willing to do that? For anybody who's feeling like they're stalling right now, a word from God for you. God's saying, trust me. And I hope that brings you some relief. Because that's all I can give you is a word from God that's in season for you to say, okay, trust. Trust Him in your business. Trust Him with your children. Trust Him with your family dynamics that are going on right now. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. And even when you haven't yet got the breakthrough, He will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. He will strengthen you again. He'll strengthen you again. He will strengthen you again. You don't have to pull back. You can push forward. Well, Father, I pray right now the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon every life here, every person who feels like they're under it, every person who feels like they're stalling, every person who feels like there's just such a weight upon them, and Lord God, that there would be a knowing today that you are here and your power is here. I pray for the power of God to come upon your life that brings an ability to carry again the purpose and the calling of God that, yeah, absolutely can shake us at times, but it won't break us, can make us. God wants to make us. He wants to, he's constantly creating within us an ability to be able to handle things that come our way. Come our way. So, Father, we take on a a theology of knowing a God that yes, we will face difficulties, but God in the difficulties, we know you are with us because we've, that's the instruction. That's what we've been taught. That's what we've been told. And we lean on that now as we embrace the circumstance and the situation that we find ourselves in. That's, that's very difficult. So Father, we pray. And the Holy Spirit has come and fill, fill us afresh. We need your anointing. We need your empowerment. Come, Lord Jesus. Why don't we all stand together? Let's just stand in this Bible. Just stand together. Just with arms stretched out, it's like you're receiving a gift from God. Just receiving. You know, at the times the Holy Spirit would come upon the disciples. There'd be a lot of shaking and carrying on going on, that like a like an earthquake had taken place. 
There are other times when Jesus breathed on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Maybe just right now, just that's all you need is just the breath of God. Like breath just coming into your lungs, breath coming into your body. It's like you, you physically taking a deep breath and actually being filled with the presence of God, power of God, and the Spirit of God. Come, Holy Spirit. I need you right now. I need you, your refreshing. I need your empowering. I need your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. A little empower you. Let him speak to you now in the, in the silence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, Lord. Holy Spirit, welcome you. Come flood this place. Come flood our life, Lord. Just speak the name of Jesus over every situation. Speak the name of Jesus over every circumstance. I speak the name of Jesus. The one who brick gives life. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give you praise. Give you glory. Speak the name of Jesus. Let him fill your soul, let him fill your heart, let him fill your most inmost being. I speak Jesus. Let's sing it together. Jesus, I am burdened. Jesus, I roll the streets. Jesus, I do things with a rolling soul. From time to time, I don't mean no. Jesus, it's full of fun, fire in me. I speak the poor in the night. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
You know, you might have the enemy coming one way for you. The Bible says that God raises a standard. Is there anything that's coming against you can be, be diverted, just absolutely, totally. We'll have scattering in separate directions. We're willing to humble ourselves before God. We can resist the devil. He will flee from us. Cannot deny that sometimes our circumstances and our difficulties have, a, have, have an agenda behind it. The enemy wanting to come and rob you of your strength. Bring fear. Bring ang- he, he wants to bring ang- anxiety in and around your lives. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we did break every work of the enemy, everything that the enemy wants to do against you, against us. In the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves before you, God. We say, God, you are Lord of Lords. You are King of You are the one. You are the solution. You're the answer. You're our Lord. You're our God. We resist the work of the devil. The Bible says he's got to flee. He must flee. You see him fleeing, in your, even in your own mind, to see the devil fleeing now. Fleeing from that circumstance, fleeing from that environment, fleeing from that circumstance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word that goes beyond our own minds into our own heart into our own soul and I pray just believing Father for a, a, a people of that we would be a people of faith knowing what it is to hold on to you God and the difficulties to hold on to you to believe for greater things to know God that you, it is you who is renewing our strength today I just believe healing in Jesus name for people's lives where there's been sickness, healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We pray for Alicia right now. We pray, Lord God, healing upon her body. Lord God, just raise her, raise her up, Lord God, into health and wholeness. Father, for others who are in extreme pain, right now that there would be a, a raising up, a, a, a raising up to life, to health. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. For those, Lord God, who are feeling like they are under the circumstance, I pray, Lord, that know what it is today to rise up and over, to be on top of the circumstance, not underneath the circumstance. Father, we pray for your goodness and your mercy to follow us all the days of our life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, everybody. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website, 